Well, happy Easter, everyone. My name's Roger Cunningham. I'm one of the ministers here at church as well. And I'm going to lead us in prayer uh, because God is speaking to us as we've heard his word read, as it's proclaimed. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for your word spoken, your word written down, your word read. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that by the same spirit that you caused it to come to us, so you would shape our hearts and minds to hear it rightly and live for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, relationships are all around us. Uh, I expect you've been experiencing them in one form or another over this weekend. Uh, So Friday, uh, many of us were here together. uh, And then later on after that, our family went for lunch uh, with some other people. And yesterday, our extended family got together for my mum's 80th birthday. Shout out to you, mum. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of our experiences, isn't it? Uh, Where whichever way they play out for you, relationships are very much part of the fabric that holds life together. But what's the best relationship you can picture? One which meets your deepest needs. One where you can experience unconditional love, security, certainty. One where whatever you do, the other person doesn't walk away from you instead will always walk beside you. I imagine we've each experienced at least at some time at least one relationship where we, we feel comfortable, where we feel we have a relationship in which we're secure. Perhaps it's with a parent or with a spouse or with a friend. But as good as these are, they alone aren't enough. And our needs go deeper than these can fill. Others will disappoint you, just as you'll disappoint others. And our anxieties need certainty. Our consciences need peace. And all of that is what drives us here today, on this day, celebrating Easter, celebrating Resurrection Sunday, celebrating Jesus' resurrection, because through his resurrection, we can have exactly that relationship with the one who gave us all of our relationships. And this may be our experience now. Why can we be so confident? And what does it really mean to speak about us and God in this way? And what difference does it make? That's what I want to share with you in the next uh, few minutes on this Easter Sunday. Now, We've been celebrating Jesus' death and resurrection uh, right across the weekend, uh, but a friend, a minister uh, uh, that I know, got a funny call from their church security monitoring company on Good Friday a few years back. He got a message that said, Nigel, you've accessed the building out of normal hours. It's a holiday today. Will you be there long? You can just imagine him typing back, can't you? Well, we are a church and it is Good Friday This relationship we're remembering today, it's only possible because of what Jesus did that first Good Friday, as we focused on together last Friday. And what we remembered was he died to overcome our death. Now, none of us goes through life without hopes, do we? Pardon me. (coughs) 
hope about who we'll be with or what we'll achieve. But with so many challenges in the path between us and our hopes, and even so many that we can overcome, there is one challenge that stands firmly against us, like an unyielding wall that we can't get over, go around or go under. The challenge of death itself. Along with sickness and suffering, death is like... (laughs) I don't know if you've had this experience, one of those notifications on your phone that scream out out of the blue and break the silence that make you jump out of your skin. I'm sorry you're feeling that way. There you go. My watch just did it. (laughs) That was not planned. (laughs) But this is one you can't silence or turn off. And reminding us that without Jesus, we don't have a relationship with God. Reminding us that death and judgment will have the final word. But when Jesus died on Good Friday, he died to overcome death for us. And when he rose on Easter Sunday, he rose to life so we could have life with him. Did you get the sense of joy in the words of Peter, the Apostle Peter, as he wrote when we heard God's word read from 1 Peter? Remember, Peter was one of the people who had uh, been with Jesus when he was alive, had seen him die, but then saw him alive again. Uh, Let me read it and just think about how (laughs) the joy that's in his voice as he writes from verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Now, while we benefit from knowing what happened that first Easter Sunday, we need to know, like as we read in Matthew 28, and the eyewitnesses and those who wrote down what they saw, they go to great lengths to convey what it was physical and it was historical and it was real. Because they weren't under any, uh, any delusions that people don't see dead people rise again. Thanks very much, Hamish. That was the other joke I thought about using. Uh, rather, they knew what they'd seen was extraordinary. But it's what that reality produces that really transforms our lives. Peter tells us Jesus' resurrection means we can have new birth into a new and wonderful life with God. It's that new birth that's at the centre. Peter looks back to our birth, but this time it's not when we were a physical baby, mind you, no matter what else has happened in your life, uh, even though none of us remember it, that's an experience that every one of us have in common, being born. But Peter takes what we all know about Uh, and we know that being born is an extraordinary new beginning and that where and with whom it takes place is whole of life shaping. And he says, we've had a new birth, a second birth. The thing is, if there's ever something in life you don't have a say about, it's the family you're born into. But through this birth, We're born into another family, the most extraordinary family, the royal family, God the Father's family. 
Now, Peter doesn't hang around very long to spell it out, but it's clear that the alternative, our first birth and our first life, they don't cut it when it comes to us and God. There is something so profoundly wrong between us. I wonder if you, like me, have ever wished you could start something over again, uh, wind back the clock and so do things differently a second time round. Uh, like that conversation where you would start over and leave out the stupid stuff you said uh, or choose that other path at that fork in life's road. Well, this talk of new birth is our opportunity to start over again where God in his mercy offers us a new start, a clean slate, not giving us what we deserve but instead what we could never earn, an incredible gift a new start with God. And this relationship, it's one that can't be taken away from us, where God says, as far as I'm concerned, now you're no longer my enemy or estranged and deserving of judgment and death, but a permanent member of my family, experiencing all the goodness and privileges that being in his family brings. This is our new birth, our new life, Life that overcomes the impenetrable wall of death. Life that brings, begins now in this life. And life that isn't afraid of what we do or don't experience now because it's life that passes beyond sickness and suffering and death. Now, talk of new birth has led, led us to talk about being God's children but how do we experience that now? Well, Peter goes on to show us uh, in two ways. In the first place, we have a new, uh, we have a living hope. So I've highlighted it there. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. <clears throat> now think with me for a moment. Uh, picture in your mind's eye uh, some of the hopes you have in your life. And one of the things about hope is you can sort of assess how confident you are that you'll get it. Some hopes are wishful thinking. Uh, a few years ago, I got a new bike after having the same bike for 30 plus years. And I got it because my friend had said, let's do this together. Let's go to the Pyrenees between France and Spain and ride our bikes hundreds of kilometres. It sounded like a great idea, but that is wishful thinking, right? I have been using this bike and it turns out I am terrible at going up hills. But some other hopes, they come with a lot of confidence, don't they? I've got friends who've signed a contract on a house that have paid the deposit. And in that situation, the owners want to sell, my friends have the money to buy, they've signed the contract, it's pretty certain that it's going to go ahead. Well, what Peter's talking about here, his hope isn't in the wishful thinking category. It's in the certain confidence category. And through Jesus' death, through Jesus' resurrection, we may have a living hope, as Peter calls it, that whatever the circumstances of our lives, and I'm sure I don't have to suggest circumstances, you can think of them immediately that might call such a confidence into question, whether it's the fallout of COVID or the pain of broken relationships 
or what we know about ourselves and our own inadequacies. We have this confidence, not from within ourselves, but because of Jesus' resurrection for us. A confidence that God is for us and loves us, that he's forgiven us and freed us from the clutches of our own sinfulness, that he provides for us and is with us, that we are his and that he is ours. That's the extraordinary relationship we have with him. And, I, and I've used the word relationship. Uh, that's been intentional because this is the language of relationships here. For all who trust Jesus, ours is a living hope. Uh, Peter says continuous and alive is what he's getting at because we know the alive and living God. But one of our challenges, uh, and I think Peter knew it, uh, it's helpful for us to shine a light on it, maybe the greatest challenge of talking like this is that we don't see God. Peter said it himself in verse 8. And whereas I can, you know, you and I, we can see members of the, uh, of the, you know, the home we live in or the people we work with or our friends, we can't see God. And yet, Peter's adamant we can have this extraordinary relationship. And it's because God has shared himself with us. Most clearly when the Lord Jesus walked the earth, but equally today as we hear his word in the Bible. And as we share ourselves with him and depend on him in obedience and prayer. And like any relationship, that experience over time leads our relationship to grow, our trust in him to deepen, and our hope in him to mature. Ours is a living hope because of the resurrection. Here's the other thing that comes with our new birth. We also have an indestructible inheritance. What I'm saying is one that can't be taken away. Uh, think about for a moment the most heavily guarded vault you can imagine. Maybe it'd be underneath a bank or on a military base or, uh, you know, keeping secure dangerous diseases so that they don't get out. No matter how strong any of those are, they're still not as sure as the security of heaven. I take it he's not talking about money or property or something physical as we might first think. He's talking about the riches of experiencing fully and finally all the things we hope for. And so Peter says, we have this new birth, we've talked about the living hope, and I've highlighted it there, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Life without sickness or suffering. Life without death. Life in relationship with God. Life together with him where we are his and he is ours. And this inheritance, well, I know people and maybe it's a challenge for those of us who are parents as we get older, trying to hold the value of our home or our savings so that we can pass on an inheritance to our children. But it's so hard to do. You're always rowing upstream against the next correction in property prices or the next war that uh, causes the stock market to fall. But our life with God through Jesus 
it will never lose its value. It will never turn to dust and it can't be stolen away because it's secured by the creator God who made us and who has remade us in his son and his resurrection and the power of God that could bring Jesus from the dead is the same power that will raise us from the dead. How does that make you feel? Uh, that makes me so glad even to be experiencing it now. I've been following Jesus for 30, 30 30-something years, others of you less, others of you more, but all of us sharing this experience long to experience more of him. Reading from partway through verse 4, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Today, on this Resurrection Sunday, we praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that all this can be ours. And through his power and by his mercy, which is seen most wonderfully through Jesus' resurrection from death to life, we no longer need fear God or hide our lives and our failings from him or be anxious about what we've done or what we have to do, or what others think of us. But we can embrace him as our saviour, embrace him as our Lord, and embrace him as our friend. Now, many of us here today have accepted this gift. Many of us here have a relationship with God, and, uh, and that's why we're celebrating. We've received it by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we continue to hold on to it in the same way that we begin. We don't have to start now after being totally unimpressive to God and being given this gift, now trying to impress him. No, he treats us the same way all of the time. And our response should be the same all of the time as well, to believe in him. But just as there was a time when those of us who do hadn't believed or lived with this confident hope, so there'll be those of you today who find yourself in the same spot. Uh, maybe you've been listening today and thinking, well, Peter's extraordinary joy in this news, I, I don't feel like that's my experience. But that's okay for the moment and for where you're at today. Peter wrote this in the first place to people who had trusted Jesus but knew there'd be people who listening in who don't. He has the same message to both of us. Or maybe you've been hearing about Jesus and his offer of salvation through Jesus, uh, his offer of life. You've been hearing about it for a long time. What I want to encourage all of us to do today if you haven't received this gift already, don't leave here today without taking the next step. Maybe for you, your next step is praying, coming to God and saying, God, please help me to move next steps toward this life. Uh, please turn my heart toward you. Or maybe you're further along and at the point of praying, of praying and asking God for this new life. You could pray a prayer, a thanks, sorry, please prayer like this. I've, I've put it up on the slide. One that says, thank you, Father, for Jesus' death and resurrection. 
I'm sorry that I've lived as your enemy. Please give me new birth into this living hope and indestructible inheritance. Now, I've actually found for me personally, uh, uh, even though I've been trusting Jesus for a while, I always find it helpful to pray this prayer for myself. It's not, you know, it's not pretending this is the first time because I've done it before type thing. But whoever you are, uh, think about where you're up to and what your next step is in light of this day, Resurrection Day. In fact, I'm going to uh, lead us in prayer right now. I'm going to say this prayer and if you want to join in, do so in the quietness of your own minds. And let's ask this of God. Thank you, Father, for Jesus' death and resurrection. I'm sorry that I've lived as your enemy. Please give me new birth into this living hope and indestructible inheritance. Amen. If you've never prayed that prayer before and just did, your life has actually been transformed forever. Uh, Do tell someone about it. Do tell me about it if you're happy to uh, because we want to help you to live it. And for all of us here today, you know, with the balloons and the enthusiasm, I even think there's an egg hunt, but you do have to be below a certain age. Uh, we are looking back to the day in history when we were brought from death to life, living now in confident trust in God and looking forward to the fullness of life that will be ours on the other side of death when we see him face to face. Because we know the ultimate relationship the one for which we were made, the relationship above all relationships between us and God the Father. And so with Peter we can say, on this Easter day, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll pray. Dear Father in heaven, we want to thank you for such an incredible message, a good news of great joy for all who would trust in Jesus. We thank you that your mighty power is so strong that it could bring Jesus back from death to life. And we thank you that it is so strong that it will see us move uh, physically from death to life as we who have already trusted Jesus now experience as a reality. Help us, we pray, regardless of difficult circumstances, things that are unexpected, even other hopes that don't come to pass. By your spirit, keep us trusting you and we look forward to the day when we will see you face to face. Amen.